Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to the Three and Out podcast. This is episode 45. I'm your host, Moneymaker Chris, and joined by another one of my regular guests here on the show. Welcome back to the show, uh, the one and only Miss Amber Smith. Amber, how you doing here tonight? Good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. A lot of things to talk about here on this episode. Are you ready to get started? I am, and thanks for having me on again. Always a pleasure. Always great having you on. Um, we started, um, what I wanted this show to be, the main focus of this show to be talking about the commander sale, but before we get into the sale stuff, we got some other things we want to discuss here uh starting off on some sad news some somber news here um rest in peace to the legend himself one only mr mr jim brown he passed the, the other day at the age oh back on the um on the 18th at the age of 87 and many people consider him to be one of the greatest if not the greatest running backs of all time he played for one team he played for the cleveland browns from 1957 to 1965, won an NFL championship in 1964, was a three-time league MVP, 1957, 1958, 1965, was the rookie of the year in 1957, he was an eight-time first-team All-Pro from 1957 to Eight-time NFL Russian leader from uh, 1951 to 1965. Um, he had a career uh, 12,312 um, um, he played um, ball at uh, the University of Syracuse. I also heard, too, he was a great lacrosse player, too. I had no idea that he played lacrosse. He was a great lacrosse player as well. And, of course, he was an actor. He was um, active in movies. Um, of course, he was a great activist for um, civil rights. Of course, there was that big summit. It was him. Muhammad, you've probably seen that picture many times with him, Muhammad Ali, uh, Bill Russell um, from back in the day. So he was big on uh, social justice and civil rights stuff as well. But just a great, great individual. And it was really, really shocking because I hadn't heard his name, like him being like sick or anything recently like that. So it did kind of come um, come as a bit of a surprise. I've seen like he was an older individual, but still hadn't heard nothing about him being, being sick or anything like that. But obviously he was before our time but like like i've said you heard many great things about him like say from football to the acting to the social justice stuff um just your thoughts on um what you know of uh mr jim brown oh well first my condolences to his entire family the browns organization all his fans um any uh, former teammates who may have survived him as well, just uh, it, pretty much anyone and everyone who's been impacted by this loss, which is a huge loss. Mm -hmm. uh, I grew up hearing about Jim Brown. Um, I knew he was a good ball player, but I also knew he was a social activist mm -hmm. and 
fact, that's why he um, retired early so that mm-hmm. he more time to his activism and his acting. And so well, he retired way before we were born. So oh, yeah. pretty much grew up, you know, remembering like about his social activism that he did like in the 90s and the 2000s and recalling the pictures and him standing next to the pro athletes that you named, like Bill Ruff. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was in that picture, too. I forgot about him. Kareem was in that picture as well. Yeah. And so, like, he's just a legend. And, I mean, he'll live on in his work forever, on and off the field. So, he left behind a great legacy and he will have, you know, a great, he will be remembered greatly by those who knew about him, not just knew him, but also by um, people who knew of him. And knew a life we lived. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He is definitely somebody you, know, you can look up to and admire for a variety of different reasons for his work on and off, off the field. He will definitely be missed and like I said if anybody hasn't had a chance to obviously you know seen him play or anything or know about any of his stuff that he's done you know off the field you know with you know, social justice and everything definitely look him up definitely um definitely check him out as well because he's he's a legend he's definitely one of the all-time greats and you know there's like I said prayers and stuff to his family you know proud organizations and everybody that you know knew him knew him he was a very good man. He was a very, very good man. I wish I had got to. See, I wish I had, like I said. I wish I had got to see him. You know, play because we always heard like when I said, you know, they talk about the great running backs and everything like that. And they, so a lot of people say, you know, hey, you know, think of like you know Walter Payton. You think of Barry Sanders, or Emmitt Smith, or Adrian Peterson and stuff like that. But you know, a lot of people, still, you know, people that older than if you grew up in that generation, people will tell you they will say, yeah, hey, Jim Brown. He 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 was definitely that guy. He was definitely. That good, and he was a um, first round pick. He was the um, 1957. He was uh, pick number six in the in the first round. But yeah, you always would hear that. They said he was a very very good running back. So he was he was he was he was he was a great man. Like I say, on and off the field with everything that he accomplished in this world. So and he, he lived a good life. He lived a good life. You also heard about him as a football player. Um, you heard about him when they uh, brought that they brought back the Cleveland Browns, but because they had um, Cleveland Browns, they had, got, I guess they had gone on a hiatus. Mm-hmm. They, they had, yep. Yeah, they haven't. You know, they pretty much haven't been in operation since their founding date. They um, took a pause. Mm-hmm. Pretty then. Um, Cleveland brought the team back and when the team got brought back or was revived um, you heard about Jim Brown and that's really when I began to learn about Jim Brown as a player Mm -hmm. and um, the Cleveland Browns were getting reorganized Mm -hmm. definitely 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 for sure you heard that you heard that. You heard that name. Because, like I said, the Browns, you know, like I said, they were around for a little while. They took a hiatus and they came back. I want to say it was 98, 99 when they came back. You know, 
came back to the league. But yeah, Jim Brown was definitely one of those names that you definitely heard of. Definitely the name that you know got you heard the name. You got instant respect for sure. But um, any other thoughts on Jim Brown before we move on? That's it on my end. Cool, cool. Um, like I said, thoughts and prayers go out to the family and the Browns organization, like we mentioned mentioned earlier. Um, now we t- I talked about this um, a couple of weeks ago when I had uh, JD on the podcast, but want to get your thoughts on this. Uh, first off, um, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. The deal finally got done. He went to the Jets. Um, they finally worked out the compensation and everything. The Jets got Aaron Rodgers and its um, first-round pick. We got the um, Packers' uh, first-round pick, and then they got a pick, fifth-round pick for this year as well. And the Packers got the Jets' first-round pick, which was the 13th pick. They also got a second-round pick, a sixth-round pick, and a conditional uh, 2024 pick. This could be most likely a second-round pick. Uh, he came on Pat McAfee's show, I believe it was like early, it was like in April, I think it was sometime in March, he came on there and was talking about his desire to play for the, play for the Jets, and we were just waiting, like back and forth, you know, I think that draft pick, that was one of the big things that was holding it up, I don't know if the Jets wanted to necessarily give up that pick or not, but they wanted to get the right compensation for Aaron Rodgers, finally close to the draft time, which was one of the things, some of the things you kept hearing on, like, ESPN and the different shows and everything, they figured, like, close to draft time, that deal would get done, and it ultimately got done, and Aaron Rodgers is a Jet, and then you've seen him, like, in New York, he was showing up at some of the hockey games, some of the basketball games, um, he's recently at some of the, um, OTA practices and everything as well, so he's really just kind of getting himself, you know, Fixated with the uh, with the franchise now, but uh, thoughts on Aaron Rodgers to the Jets? How do you think he will do with the Jets this season? Well, I remember we talked about this in the last time I was a guest on the podcast, and I was saying that I would be more surprised if he went to New York than I would be if he stayed in Green Bay. Paraphrasing. Well, now that it's all played out. I'm not surprised because, and I don't know why I would have ever been surprised because he was pretty much miserable in Green Bay at this point, especially in the last few seasons. He just wasn't happy there. But as far as how well I think he will do, I do not think he will do well. Oh. I I don't know if I see him winning a Super Bowl. Like when I say, like, I don't think he'll do well. I'm not convinced that he will win a Super Bowl. I could be wrong. I've been wrong about this thing so far, but um you know, if you know if he feels that you know he has a good team around him, you know, then maybe they they will do well. Um I mean, I'm sure they'll get to a playoff, you know, at some point. Um Maybe even this season coming up, mm-hmm. but I see him. I don't see him transitioning. You know, like you know, it, 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 like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, mm-hmm. in terms of that type of transitional success. I don't mm-hmm. see that with 
um, Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, like you think the grass is greener on the other side. Sometimes it ends up being greener and then sometimes it does not. Like, for example, take Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. It's not green on the other side so far, you know, so. And maybe now that it has rained a little bit and, you know, spring is here and they have off season, you know how they say like with grass, like in the winter, the the water is held within the roots and that's why grass turns brown. Mm-hmm. Like in cool, but then, you know, they release the water and it comes back up and then that's when grass starts turning green again. So maybe now that, you know, they've had their cold season or their rough season, so to say, maybe the grass will end up being greener for Russell Wilson. But I think, you know, especially now that they have Sean Payton mm-hmm. and at I'm concerned if you hire Sean Payton to help Russell Wilson and, you know, help him, you know, be the quarterback that he wants and needs to be and that the organization and Denver community need and want him to be. There's really no excuse for him not to be a successful quarterback. I mean, because Sean Payton is one of the best coaches. He's going to go down and be the best head football coaches and NFL history. So um, it's like at this point, if he can't he can, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Rodgers has a rough first season. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's very hard to, you know, duplicate success with more than one team or multiple teams, you know, it's one thing like when you, you, you continue to have the same players around you and you're growing together, you're learning together. Um, but you know, to learn often, you know, things like that, especially when you're a veteran and you may be playing with, you know, and you are playing with rather, um, you know, that can be a bit more, challenging so um yeah yeah i'm i'm uncertain at this point i don't see you know i just don't i think that you know having expectations that he'll transition like kate or somebody any other quarterback who's had success with other teams. Yes, yeah, all valid points you made there. Now you look at the Jets like last year. Very young team, very good defense. One of the own um, some good young weapons on the offensive side of the ball. The only thing that's really lacking was like quarterback play. Now I think getting Rodgers will definitely help them in some areas but it's not going to be one of those things where it's going to be like this quick instant turnaround it's def it's going to take some time i think they'll definitely be competitive they'll definitely be respectful but this 
within their own division, you got the Dolphins there that are really good. You got the Bills there with Josh Allen. They're really good. And even the Patriots. They may not be the Patriots of old, but you still got Belichick over there. So they'll at least be, be respectable. And just in the AFC alone, like we mentioned, Russell Wilson with Sean Payton. I expect them to be better this season. You still got Patrick Mahomes over there. The Chiefs still got Joe Burrow over there. We still got the Ravens over there with Lamar Jackson, which we're going to be talking about talking about next. You still got uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. You still got the Chargers. Like just in that, in within the division and in that conference, it's going to be very tough for them for sure to compete. Like I said, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. There's definitely going to be more eyes on the Jets this season, but it's not going to be a cakewalk I'm feeling for them. I think they'll definitely be competitive and he will definitely help them, but I think it might take some time. Especially I'm obviously curious to see how they're going to respond if they get off to a bad start. Say they start off like 0 3, 0 4. You're over there in New York. You're in that New York market. That New York market is 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 it's not Green Bay. I, 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 I tell you that much. New York that that media over there can be can be ruthless. So it's not going to be easy for them at all. So it's, they definitely I'm definitely curious to see how they ultimately play out. But I'm pulling up their schedule here, and they got a pretty tough schedule. They start off the um. They start off week one playing the Bills in prime time on uh, Monday Night Football. Then they play the Patriots. Then they got Denver. Then they get an early bye week. Then they got the Chargers. They got the Bills again. Atlanta. Dolphins. Got the Browns. Yeah, the Browns. That's a prime time game. They got Dallas. They got the Chiefs. They got the Eagles. They got the Giants. They got the Raiders. They got the Dolphins again. Uh, Texans, Commanders, and then Patriots to end the season. I mean, that's that's not an easy schedule right there. That is definitely, you definitely got some tough games on there. Playing the whole NFC East. You got, like I said, just within their own division with the Bills, Dolphins, and Patriots. You got Denver in there. You got the Browns in there. You got you got some very, like I said, the Eagles in there, part of the NFC East. It's not going to be easy for them. So, they're definitely going to have their work cut out for them, for sure. And Lamar Jackson is going to give him a run for his money, especially now that he has his money intact. He is going to go out there and play ball, and it is not. He is not going to make it easy. I don't. I don't. I don't remember. Um, I didn't hear Baltimore mentioned in New York's schedule, but even if they don't play against each other, that's going to come back up. Like in the divisional rounds and things like that, it all eventually leads to playoffs. So, in terms of like get placed, you know, and qualifying for playoffs and things like that. So, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Competitive. It's just you know they're just a competitive conference. It definitely is in a competitive division too. Like I said, we're going to talk about Lamar Jackson up here next, but. I mean, he does. He does have some things in his favor. He does have his offensive coordinator over there with the Jets. They used to be with the Packers. You got um, Alan Lazar and um, Randall Cobb, a couple of his former receivers over there. So he's definitely got some pieces there in place, and they're going to be running the offense that he's familiar with. But it's it's it's, it's not going to be easy. It's definitely going to be an adjustment period. You being there on a new team, new conference, and everything. It's definitely going to take some time for them to. 
to jail. And I think once they do, I think they'll be quite, quite successful. But like I say, it's, it's not, it's not going to be a cakewalk. They're not just going to walk through that schedule. They're just not going to walk through that division. They're going to have to go out there and earn it. They're going to have to go out there and prove themselves. They're going to have to go, because nobody's going to lay down for them and say, oh, this is the Jets, this is Aaron Rodgers. They're not just going to lay down for you. You're going to have to go out there and earn it. So, I'm curious to see. They're definitely getting some more primetime games and everything. Our eyes will definitely be on that organization to see what they ultimately do now that they got Aaron Rodgers finally. And another factor is how long is Aaron Rodgers willing to stick around for that success? Because That's he true. is a quarterback. He's like, what, late 30s? I believe so. Yeah, he's late thirties, pushing forty. So he's not—he's not a—he's not, a, not, he's not no spring chicken now. So you know, this, this, this isn't this isn't a long term thing with Aaron Rodgers. This is a win now for at least the next, like I say, one to two seasons. This is not like a long term. When you get when you bring in the Aaron Rodgers, he's um he's thirty nine. When you bring him in, you you ex, you're expected to win. This is like you know you're just drafting the quarterback and say oh you know you got some time to kind of develop around him. This is a win now within the next couple of seasons. So they got they got they don't have, don't have a lot of time with Aaron Rodgers. We'll see. We shall see. And like I said he was out there practicing with them today. Hopefully this is nothing too serious. They said he tweaked his calf. I haven't heard anything else. So it doesn't seem like it's anything like major or anything like that. It's not like he tore like a ACL or anything like that. So hopefully it's just something, you know, he just gets some rest and he'll be okay. Like I said, he's not he's like I said, he's almost forty years old. He's not a he's not a not a young man anymore. So we shall see how that plays out. And also another thing too that I find funny, it's very similar to like the um paths him and Brett Favre took. Both were considered, you know, Packers, legends, all two of the uh, all time great quarterbacks. Not only for the Packers, but like of all time, both of them got one Super Bowl victory. Even though Brett went to two, he lost one to the Broncos. Both of them, like toward the end of their careers, was kind of like, I don't know, am I staying? Am I going? You know, I'm gonna retire and everything. And both end up, <laughs> end up going, going to the Jets. Both, like I said, when um. When Favre was there, you know, Rodgers was drafted, and he sat for a little while, and they, you know, talk about, like, how their relationship was. Like, Favre didn't really want to, like, mentor him and everything. And then, of course, with, um, with Rodgers, when they drafted Jordan Love, he wasn't crazy about that. It's just crazy, the similarities, that the way that those two guys' careers have kind of, um, kind of, come full circle with everything that's happened with them and they both end up going going to the Jets. It's just it's, it's just crazy when you th- when you think about that. Yeah. Oh, I don't I forgotten Brett Favre went to the Jets. He only played for one season. He played for one season. Yeah, and it wasn't a good season. I think they were they were competitive there for a while and I think he got hurt and I think they ultimately ended up they either end up missing the playoffs or they went to the playoffs and I think they lost in the first round. But you you, you forget you forget that he played played that one season with the Jets. Yeah. Crazy, 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 crazy. But yeah, it's definitely gonna be something to um to keep an eye on for sure. Because like I said, the Jets you know, the Jets they 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 they've not been good in recent I mean they haven't really had like a franchise um franchise quarterback since um since Joe, Joe, Joe Namath 
Ooh, they've had a variety of guys like, you know, Vinny Testaverde, they had Mr. Butt Fumble, um, what's his name, Mark Sanchez, of course they drafted Zach Wilson and everything, they've had a variety of different guys come there back and forth and everything, but this is easily the best quarterback that they've had probably since, um, since, um, since Joe Namath, and like I said, the pressure is definitely on with them, so we, like I said, we'll, 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 we'll see what happens with them ultimately, so. We shall, we shall see. I'm trying to look up the, the far things. I, I know, like I said, he played that season with them, and I think they made the playoffs or came close to it. But then I know, I know, Favre got hurt, and I think he missed some, missed some time. But anyway, but it's just crazy just the similarities between those two, two careers. But um, next up, uh, Lamar Jackson. Um, finally gets his contract, and it's funny. Uh, Jalen Hurts got his um, got his contract. Um, he signed a five year, two hundred fifty five million dollar deal to stay with the Eagles. Well deserved, especially after the season that he had. And not too long after that, Lamar Jackson got his contract of five years, two hundred sixty million dollars. And when they signed Odell Beckham, I said. There's got to be a possibility that he's Lamar Jackson ends up staying there. Because why would you sign there, Odell Beckham? Why would you sign with the Ravens not knowing who the quarterback is? That just didn't, when you could have gone, when you were basically a free agent, nobody, like, you didn't get, like, traded there. You could go gone to any team. You could have gone to Chiefs. You could have gone to Chargers. You could have went back to the Ravens. Back to the you could have went anywhere you wanted. Why would you go to Baltimore? Even though the money was good. Why would you go there if you're unsure of the quarterback situation? And as soon as that happened, I said, "Watch, there's a good nothing guaranteed." But I said, "There's a poss- good possibility that Lamar would end up with the going back to the Ravens because he like they there was like a letter there like when he wrote like basically like a goodbye to the Ravens fans, and then they put that franchise exclusive franchise tag on him, where basically if anybody you know could negotiate with him, they would have to give up two first round picks. Nobody was biting." And I think they were talking like um, Harbaugh and some other guys in the organization. They were talking about potentially drafting somebody. It seemed like he was done. But they finally got things done, worked out the contract, and he's going to remain gonna remain a Raven. Uh, thoughts on Lamar Jackson finally getting his contract and finally getting his money from the, from the Ravens? It's about time they paid him. Yes. I'm not surprised still in Baltimore. I figured he would stay in Baltimore. And the last time we spoke on the podcast, I remember saying they need to pay him. Mm -hmm. He is too good of a quarterback for them to lose. Mm -hmm. They need to pay him. Mm -hmm. They they definitely did. has smart business people. They do. Absolutely. One of the best organizations in all of football. One of the smartest organizations in all of football. And it's not a fully guaranteed, because they was, kept saying like he wanted a fully guaranteed deal. He wasn't getting that Deshaun Watson money. He was not getting no fully. They just, they just, they just, they just don't do that in, um, in the NFL. You're not going to get a fully, fully guaranteed contract. You can get a contract where you get a good portion of the money guaranteed, but you're not getting a fully guaranteed contract. The Browns totally messed up with giving Deshaun, even though, you know, Deshaun's good talent, but that's all the stuff he dealt with, you know, 
off the field, you know, that, that's a lot of money you invested in Deshaun Watson, especially the guy who hadn't played like for over a year dealing with all the off the field stuff that he was he was dealing with. But Lamar finally got his money. He definitely deserved his money. And now he's got some weapons over there. You know, Obel Beckham and they grabbed, I forgot the receivers they drafted. They drafted a real good receiver in the draft. So now he's got some talent around him and they're going to be in the mix as always. Maybe there's another one of those teams that's always competitive and always in the mix. But it started with the quarterback. You, ha- you have to have a quarterback. And it would've, they would have been foolish if they just let him let him walk. They kept talking about other teams not going after him. Like, but what about Baltimore? Why is not Baltimore going all in in their guy guy and investing in him? So I'm happy he got his money. I'm happy he finally, you know, they worked things out and he stayed in Baltimore where I thought he should have been. Me too. Mm-hmm. There you go. There you go. Um, anything else on that? That's it. Cool, cool. I meant to mention this last episode, but I forgot to. I mentioned it this episode. Uh, Robert Kraft announced that the Patriots opening game, they will welcome back Tom Brady and honor him um, after his you know, many years of service and six uh, Super Bowls. And he won't well, just with the Patriots. I'm talking about the one he won. You know, just solely with the, um, with the Patriots. So Tom Brady will be coming back opening game and I said I heard the tickets have been selling really well for that game too so that's going to be very interesting because it was very interesting the way things ended with him at uh, Tampa Bay so now he's going to be coming back for the opening game uh, any thoughts on that? Because of the way things ended so I guess they're trying to you know end things Positive. That's probably why they're doing it. I mean, he's well deserving of it. Oh, absolutely. Because he did but I don't think it should be lost that things didn't end well when he went to Tampa Bay. They did not part well, and he went and won a Super Bowl that left a bad taste in New England's mouth. And they're trying to get rid of it. And how do you do that? Now that he's retired, he's not going to go back and play. Like, we know that for sure now. Like, we definitely know Yeah, that we know sure. he's definitely hanging up. He's, he's, he's not coming. He's not making a comeback right. this time around. Right. So, you just make the best of it. And what do you do? You bring him back and you honor him. Let him know that, you know, we appreciate all that you did for us and... Once a patriot, always a patriot. We should have let you know that when we were here, and we should have shown that to you before you left. Maybe we should have kept you instead of letting you go to Tampa Bay, but they'll never admit that. So Of course not. They will never. You are absolutely right. They will never admit that. Well, like I said, that, that it's going to be. I'm gonna tell you that 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 place, that place is gonna go nuts when he comes out, comes out the tunnel, or however he comes out. That's 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 gonna be something for sure. To, to, to see to see the ovation that he gets, like I said, because he he was the Patriots. The, he, he he, those teams already liked him, hated him, or whatever you thought about the Patriots and winning all the time and everything. He made them relevant, and he won multiple Super Bowls. 
awesome Super Bowls there as well, too. But he he made that organization what it is. Some people will say, was it Brady? Was it Belichick? Was it both? But Tom Brady, regardless of what you think of him, he definitely he did his thing for the um, for the Patriots organization. Yeah. And now they have a chance to kind of, you know, make up and say like, hey, you know, things might not have ended the way we wanted them to, but we're going to, um, we're going to, we're going to honor you. Yeah. And speaking of, um, Tom Brady, um, he recently finalized a deal to have some minority stake in the, in the Raiders. So not only is he going to be doing the Fox Thing. I guess starting next season because he's gonna take a year off to kind of do some preparations to get ready to start doing his uh, broadcast and stuff for Fox. But now he's gonna be a part minority owner with the with the Raiders. Uh, how do you feel about that? I think it's a good move for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, you know, I think it's very hard to be in his position. And um, for what I understand, I don't know because I've never been through this and I never will go through this because I'll never play football. But retiring is can be very difficult. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and um, especially when you played at Tom Brady's caliber, like it's just hard to let it go and walk away from it. So I think staying active in the NFL, you know, and other capacities, that's good. Whether it's mentoring, owning a minority state, um, or doing sports broadcasting, I think it's very good. And it's a way for you to stay active in the game that you love. It's just, you know, it's just finding another way to be engaged, pretty much. And it also shows that, you know, there are other things that I can do besides playing football. I can analyze it. Mm-hmm. I can own a team, even if it is a stake. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can show yourself and everyone else what else you can do. Like, I do have a business mind when it comes to football. I mean... It is a mental sport because, you know, you have to go through all these plays and learn them. But I can also that also translates into business. So I think I think it's a good thing. It definitely is. And also to his part of partial um, ownership stake in the Las Vegas Aces as well. So he's also going to be, you know, he's just keeping the Vegas thing going with the Aces, the WNBA team and also with the. With the Raiders. And it's definitely a good thing because a lot of things, not just in football, a lot of athletes and stuff, they have a hard time making that transition. I mean, some make it pretty effortlessly, but you do have a lot of athletes that have a hard time of, like, letting go and finding that next um, next thing to do, you know, when you're, um, once you've retired, being able to find something else because that, that's probably your whole life. You grew up probably from a kid saying, you know, I want to play football. I want to play basketball. I want to play baseball. I want to play hockey. And then once you don't have that anymore, and that you know, in there with your teammates and the locker room and everything, going out there playing the sport and everything, it's hard to really make that transition. Like, okay, I'm retired now. 
what do I do now? That's why you see so many athletes go do broadcasting, get on TV and talk and debate sports, get on these shows and like first take and undisputed. You see a lot of these athletes and stuff getting on these shows, talking and talking sports and everything. And like I said, you're seeing people like um, Brady with ownership stake. I think Patrick Mahomes, he's got, he's, he's still playing. He's got um, stake in the um, Kansas City Royals and LeBron James. And of course, you know, Magic Johnson, we're going to talk about later on with that. A lot of these players, you know, they get businesses and stuff going and everything. They find other avenues, a way to kind of stay around the game without actually still playing the game, whether it's ownership coaching some getting the coaching and everything like that it's like I said, it's not always easy making that transition but i'm ha- I'm, ha- I'm, ha- I'm happy for tom brady i think he'll do good on tv and i think he'll do good as a partial like minority older with both of those teams the aces and the um and the vegas raiders anything else on that that's it on my end cool cool I saw this list. I thought this was very interesting. The top selling jerseys for the month of April. The top ten selling selling jerseys. Uh, any guess who was number one? Any guesses? Um, top selling jerseys. Yeah, for the right. month of April, who had the top selling jerseys? Um, let's see. Let's see who my guesses would be. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, um, Odell Beckham. Pretty much players who are highly anticipated would be my guess. Um, yeah, yeah. Rodgers was one. Mahomes was three. Uh, Odell was four. Uh, let me see. I don't. I didn't see Lamar's name on here. Uh, number two was Jalen Hurts. Five was Josh Allen. Travis Kelsey. Um, Jordan Love. I was I was pleasantly surprised by that one. He he was he was number um. Number seven, I was, I was, well, I guess, you know, Packers, you know, Rodgers is not there no more, so I guess the next guy is, you know, Love, so I guess, hey, you know, let's support him, let's get, let's get his jersey, um, let's see, Justin Jefferson from the Vikings, Michael Parsons from the Cowboys was eight and nine, and then Bryce Young from the, um, Panthers, he rounded out the Right at the top ten. Yeah, I'm surprised Lamar's jersey wasn't in there. Especially once he signed the contract. Yeah, he, he didn't he didn't crack the top ten. But um Maybe this month he will. Maybe maybe maybe, maybe for this month he will. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause yeah, because he's still here. He had, excuse me, he had just signed the um signed the contract like late April. So yeah, maybe maybe for the month of May, maybe he'll he'll crack the top ten. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I got, I'm not gonna lie. I got a Mahomes jersey. Uh, he's he's one of my favorite players. I own me a Mahomes jersey. Ain't got no shame in that. Wouldn't mind a Kelsey one too. I like him too. But yeah, those those are the top selling jerseys for the month month of um month of um, month of April. Uh, let's see. Next thing up before we get into the um commander sale stuff. Um, 
They're currently having the um, NFL meetings this week. And a couple of things that came out from those meetings. Uh, one thing they announced, they said that the, um, in 2025, the NFL draft will take, take place in Green Bay, Wisconsin. So that's interesting. Uh, Super Bowl in 2026 will be in San Francisco. That's one of the things that came out. Um, they're implementing the flex rule for Thursday night football. Um, I know Sunday night football and Monday night football, they were able to allow the um, flex rule to come into place. They said uh, only two flexes are allowed all season. They must be done with 28 days advance. Teams cannot play two away Thursday night football games in the same in the same season, uh, new kickoff rule is passed. I think it's just for, I think it's just for this season. I think they're gonna revisit it again next season. It said owners approved a one-year trial that says all fair catches and touchback comes out at the 25-yard line. So basically, they're pretty much getting getting rid of the <laughs> in some ways to get rid of the um, kickoff and punt returns with that rule. And also, too, the NFL um, bylaw allowing a third quarterback to be active without burning one of your roster spots. They approved that as well. I think especially after the whole San Francisco situation where um, Jimmy G was hurt, Brock Purdy was hurt, um, Josh Johnson came in, he got hurt. So they were down to basically, like, no quarterback. So I think that's definitely going to be able to help help as well but um any thoughts on any of these new rules uh any locations for the super bowl and uh the draft being in green bay any, any thoughts on any of that i really don't have any thoughts on the rules because you really can't i don't think you can really form any judgments or opinions about them until you've seen them played out you know that's, fair. that's totally fair that is a very fair point so i don't really have you know anything to say about that? We'll see at the end of next season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, far as twenty twenty six Super Bowl, I think California is a very nice place. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to want Yeah, so I think San Francisco will be nice. Um, but at the same time, they like to have it on the West Coast a lot. They just had it in California, right? Was it last year? Not this past. Uh, yes, yes, I believe so. Yeah, when did, I think when did, when did Arizona last year? Yeah, Arizona, Arizona, yeah. Arizona last year. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was out west. Out somewhere. west, yeah, they, 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 like, they definitely seem to like to go out west for a lot of a lot of Super Bowls. I've definitely noticed that. Yeah, but I think I think it's nice. Um, yeah, cool. I think it would be nice to have it in a place like you know. Um, like if you know, we're all, if you're on the West Coast, I think someplace different, like maybe Seattle, I think that Ooh, would be, be nice. I think that would be nice. Um, mm-hmm. right. um, um, yeah, um, but it seems like they like to do West Coast a lot. Um, the only thing is, it's because of the weather, probably. Like, I don't know if I would want to, like, be in the cold weather that time of year watching really, the Super Bowl. You, like, you, you really don't. Because, like you said, the only time the Super Bowl is in February, so you really don't want to be in, like, a cold weather. 
Right. And you got a lot, you had a lot of new stadiums out there too because you had the um, SoFi Stadium. That's that's one of the new stadiums. I think that Arizona Stadium is pretty new as well. And even that um, Levi Stadium with the San Francisco Forty uh, Nine is pretty. That's that's a that's a it's been around a little while, but it's still pretty a fairly. I think something about maybe four, five, six years old. It's not a um, really old stadium either. So I guess they just kind of showcasing these new. New, new stadiums, I guess they I guess you could say. Yeah. And I think that if they were to do it in a cold weather state, and this is going to sound, it's probably going to sound strange, but I would say the Twin Cities, because they have a new stadium and doesn't it close? So it could probably trap heat and block cold weather out. Um, I think if, I think that's the route you would have to go. Like if you were going to have the Super Bowl in a cold weather state, you'd have to have it like in an indoor stadium. Yeah, that's really that's that's definitely really true. And I think a lot of these places too have these um, retractable roofs and everything, so you can either right. have the roof you know open or you can have it closed and everything too. So I think that's a lot of the things that they're doing with these newer stadiums. They have that retractable roof, so that's the that's a big thing too when you get a new stadium as well so i guess you can have a super bowl so if the weather is bad and everything you can kind of you know put the you know throw the stadium off basically yeah all right um anything else on that anything else dc would be a nice place too yes yes and we and that's a good that's a that's a good transition all right, so now we're getting to one of the main reasons why we're here. We're here to talk about our team, the Commanders, the sale of the Commanders. This has been an ongoing thing. It really, it really started to kind of gain some steam and momentum when I think it was last November when um, they announced that um, the Snyder's were like working with uh, Bank of America. The um, Explore potential options of like selling the team. I know a lot of people got excited and stuff about that, but that was still, still a lot of you know, we didn't know a we didn't know a whole lot at the time about exactly what was going down with this you know sale of the team. But it just seems like as things have moved along, you know, we've heard different names. We heard you know Bezos from Amazon, you know, getting involved and. Him and Snyder weren't getting along because he owned the Washington Post, and they had issues with that because the Post for a variety of different articles and stuff about Snyder. And now comes this Josh Harris group, which is led by him, Magic Johnson, and a bunch of other you know potential you know minority owners. And it looks like it's basically official. We got the announcement that the Josh Harris ownership group that includes Magic Johnson, has come to an agreement to buy the team from Daniel Snyder. And they, they, when, they, when they made the announcement, they, had, when they made the announcement that they, like, they had sent the paperwork into the NFL for them to kind of look over the proposal and everything. You're like, okay, cool. But once they actually came out with a statement from Dan and, um, Dan and Tanya Snyder, that's when I really like, okay, this seems like this is finally finally getting done um they came out with a statement they said uh, uh this is from uh daniel tanya snyder we are very pleased to have reached an agreement for the sale of the commander's franchise with josh harris 
area native and his impressive group of partners. We look forward to the prompt completion of this transaction and root into rooting for Josh and the team in the coming in the coming years. And also uh, Magic Johnson, he came out with a statement as well. He said, I could not be more excited to be a partner in the proposed new ownership group for the Washington Commanders. Josh Harris has assembled an amazing group who share a commitment to not only doing great things on the field, but to make a real impact in the DMV community. I'm so excited to get to work on the, uh, work on executing our vision for the commanders and our loyal, loyal, um, loyal, um, loyal fan base. And even Joe Gibbs, uh, the great legendary coach Joe Gibbs, he came out with a statement too. He said, I had an opportunity to get to know Josh Harris and the leadership team during the process and fully support his effort to lead the new ownership group of the commanders. NFL has grown a great deal since my time as a coach in this league, and what hasn't changed is my belief that a great, with, with great leadership from the top to drive to win on the field and a commitment to culture, championship teams are created. Josh and his team share these values, and I am committed to doing what I can to reconnect this great franchise community fan base and alumni but there was talk that um that Gerald Gibbs is going to be a part of this ownership group one of the minority owners but they said it's not the case but it seems like he, he's, he's going to be kind of helping in some kind of way I don't know what exactly his role would be but obviously you know, just Joe Gibbs any role he wants with the team I'm sure they will find something for him to to do um they still like I said they said it won't be like an official vote on the um to make it finalized until um i heard possibly like i said it could be like not till july they may have a separate meeting because they're meeting right now i think it's in minnesota they're having the um, nfl owners meeting they thought they could be having a vote then they said it probably won't happen then but they're still like going over the fine print and everything of course you know dotting on the eyes crossing on the t's you know making sure everything is right but it looks all in all, once it's said and done, they said probably, like I said, which maybe in the next, you know, month or so, ownership is going to be in place. And I never thought in my lifetime, you know, I've been a long-time fan, you've been a long-time fan, I'm sure we got a lot of long-time fans out there that listen to this show. Never in a million years did I think that he would have sold this team. I never, I, yeah. First, first, yeah, first off, I didn't think the name would change, too. Two things that would never Never would change the name, never sell the team. And both of those things over the last couple of years, you know, have basically, basically happened. But, like, you're a longtime fan like me. That's one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on this show. I wanted to get your thoughts and perspective on this. The floor is yours. How do you feel about the team finally, finally, finally? Even though there's still, you know, there's still some, um, the paperwork is up to be done. But it, at some point, the team's going to be sold to the Josh Harris group that's led by, um, Magic Johnson, what? Do, how do you how do you feel about this as a long time uh, Redskins, Washington Football Team, <laughs> Commanders fan? <laughs> I am so happy. This has been it's been a long it, it's just been a long journey, mm-hmm. and it has not been a good journey. It's been a long and hard journey. I didn't. I didn't think, I thought that we would be out of our youth mm. before Dan Snyder would no longer be the owner. Like, I thought, like, 
we would probably work our jobs and retire. And mm -hmm. if Dan Snyder was the owner, then somebody in his family would be like, I just did not see this happening because he said he'd never give it up. And, and with the way he ran that organization, making the decisions that he made and just overstepping, you believed him. Like, you really believed that he would never give it up and we would never just, you know, this dark cloud that's hanging over our city would just never pass. Like, it really felt that way. And it's just a relief. I'm so happy. Like, you don't know how happy I am. I'm, like, jumping up and down inside. And it's just, it's about time. It's about time he realized that he needs to sell this team that he never could afford in the first place. Taking loan, robbing Peter to pay Paul, pretty much. Loan mm -hmm. after loan after loan. Um, it's just, he's awful. Like, he's an awful owner. He's terrible. And he needed to go. And it's just, just hurry up and get it done. Like, they don't need to drag this out. Like, you know you want to approve it. Like, to the NFL owners, just approve it. Put the stamp on the paperwork and just get this thing done. We have business that we need to take care of. We have championships to win. We've wasted enough time. And it's just like, we just need to get moving and we need to move forward and move on. Onward, upward, and forward. So no more dragging this out. Like, why do we need to wait until July? You know, Dan and um, Tanya are selling. They put out the statement. So, like, let's just get this done. And I'm just so happy. Like, I'm really happy. Like, I have hope in this team again. Because there were times where it's like, oh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, why am I rooting for this team? And then you have to explain your position to people, mm -hmm. you know rooting for this team and it's like you know you don't understand because I am a DC native you know it runs deep you know it's just you know loyalty goes a long way like oh, you, yeah. just, you, know, you just you know commanders fans are loyal mm -hmm. you know if they were born and raised in Washington DC like the two of us mm -hmm. were mm -hmm. it's just it's just it's just something, it doesn't make sense and you can't really explain it. It's just, it doesn't matter how bad they were. That's your team. Oh, and yeah. you, and um, it's just, you know, I'm really am glad because Dan Snyder, he caused, you know, he, you know, was a poor representation of the city. He caused the organization and the team and the players and the staff to all be full of representations of the city, even though, you know, you know, they're doing their best to go out and play every Sunday and then every, you know, on Mondays, Thursdays, Saturdays, if they, you know, the few times they made it to the playoffs. 
But, you know, just the whole thing, like everything over the past, I don't even know how many years it's been. Has it been 25 years or something like that? All the things that occurred, like, you know, them being on their cell phones in the locker room, you know, you know, just, you know, not being the organization of integrity that they need to be in so many ways than one. It's finally, you know, like it's, you know, we can move forward. It just was not going to happen with Dan Snyder. It just was not. And I'm glad that he, you know, it, maybe he was in a denial phase where, you know, I think, you know, it's not as bad as it, you know, they're making it out to be. Yes, it is. And so I'm just glad that we can finally move on. I still think that Eric Bieniemy does not know what he's getting himself into. I still, with all this being done, I still would not have left Kansas City. Um, but um, yeah, because this is not going to be an overnight. You know, our you know our rise back to prominence, not to prominence, but back to prominence prominence because we were a really good team at one point we really oh, were, yeah. were a really good club it's not going to happen overnight so you know so i wouldn't have been so quick to come you know i only would have done that if i was you know a draft pick but you know i wish him all the best but overall this is a huge step in the right direction and just, you know, a bit of advice. Again, and this goes to loyalty. Being a D.C. native, they really need to bring that stadium back into the city. They really do. They definitely do, um... Real quick, because that was the next thing I was going to get into. First, um, with the Eric B. Enemy stuff, like, when you hear him speak, he, from the press conference, and then I think they had, like, some workouts over the weekend. I think it was the rookies or something like that. He just has a presence about him. He just has this, like, no pun intended, he had this commanding tone in his voice where you just feel like, okay, this guy. This guy is something. This guy, you'd be like, why wasn't this guy been like a head coach? He just has this certain just presence about him where you just like, I got to respect this guy. This guy is not going to be taking no crap off of these guys. And it's definitely, you know, you think, why would you leave Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes and everything to come here and deal with this organization and everything like that? It's not, like I said, it's not going to be easy. It's definitely going to take some time. But I think he's definitely somebody that seems like, hey, he's up He's up for the challenge. He's gonna come in here and he's gonna he's gonna put the work in. And I de- and I definitely I definitely respect that because he can stay there and be comfortable with Kansas City. But coming here and saying, "Hey, I'm gonna you know a little bump and pay, get control, get to run my offense the way I want to, don't have to be under the shadow of Andy Reid and everything." You know, I can come here and run things you know my way, and it's all totally ultimately leads to me getting a whole head coaching job who knows maybe you may get the end up getting the commander's job at some point but who knows but I think he's somebody that's definitely up for 
up for the challenge. He's somebody that's you know doesn't want to just be comfortable. He wants to kind of step out of his comfort zone. This is definitely stepping out of his comfort zone. And as far as like the stadium is concerned, that's what I wanted to get into next. So now that we you know you getting this new ownership group coming in, like what are the priorities? That's definitely number one on the list for me. Getting that stadium deal, getting that R. A lot of people say they want that RFK site. Because um, at some point, I think either the next couple of years, it's going to be tearing down RFK. That would be great. But even if they can't get the RFK site, just bring it, just bring it wherever they decide to bring the team. Bringing the team back to the city. I don't even say, you know, Virginia's in the mix, Maryland's in the mix. But bringing the team back to the D.C., I think that's definitely number one on the list. That is definitely number one on the list, too. Now, some people are talking about the names and, you know, Change the name again. Look, I can I can live with the commander's name. It's not my it wasn't my first choice. I wasn't crazy about the name, but I can live with the name. If they obviously by getting new ownership, getting Snyder out of there, that's a major win. Getting that stadium deal done, figuring out the quarterback situation, and just bringing some stability. Back to this organization because we become we become a joke. We become a laughing stock around the league. This once prideful franchise that had you know so many great players and guys, a great coaching like you know, Joe Gibbs, of course, Mondale Green, John Riggins, Art Monk, all the different greats that have played for this Joe Dysman, Sonny Dirks, all the greats that have played for this Dexter Manley, Charles Man, all the greats that have played for this organization. Over the year, this is one used to be one of the most respected franchises. You know, winning Super Bowls, winning championships, and they've since Snyder's taken over, they have been they've been a laughing stock of the league. Like it's just crazy. I mean, their winning percentage has not been good. It's been under five hundred. They've won four division titles in twenty four seasons, and only two playoff wins. It said only the Browns and Lions have fewer since he took over the team in um, in nineteen ninety nine, and it's crazy. He bought the team for eight hundred million dollars, and he's got to get six point five billion dollars for this team. That is absolutely insane. Like Scott, what people may think of you know the franchise. It's clearly a valuable franchise. If you're getting that much money for the team, that is pretty freaking good, I'm saying. But, like, what what do you, outside of the stadium thing, what do you think of some of the other, like, priorities for the new ownership? Maybe they should consider changing the name. I mean, maybe they want that. That could be considered, you know, that could be a reminder of the Snyder area. And or era, I'm sorry, and maybe changing the name again would symbolize a fresh start, you know, not having anything, having a name that is attached to Snyder. Why not start over? Why not just white, you know, just start over, start fresh, you know. Yeah. Starting fresh with offensive coordinator, you know, you got your draft picks, um, you know, and then you'll have a stadium eventually, a new one. Mm-hmm. 
why not add the name to the mix? No one likes it anyway. Yeah, I mean, you've heard a lot of complaints and stuff about the name. But also, too, I've heard people say that regardless, there's not going to be any perfect name. Whether they stick with Commanders, whether they go to something else, they're obviously not going back to Redskins. I know some people want them to go back to Redskins. That's not, that's off the table. And I think that's not going to, going to happen. To me, personally, that would be at the bottom of the list compared to like the stadium stuff figuring out what you're gonna do like with the coaching staff and you know, front office and everything you know i think everybody's gonna get at least you know one more season because with things coming so late in the season and everything and once the deal probably gets approved like i say sometimes in july it's too early just to come in and just clean house because you're going right into training camp and everything and then the next you know the season's gonna be here but i think everybody you know ron rivera uh, jason wright everybody in the front office and everything i think everybody's gonna be on watch for one season and then after that they'll decide you know we're gonna keep some of these people that we're gonna clean house of what we ultimately gonna do um like i said the stadium deal like getting the fan base getting the fans to have left trying to get them back and then if you want to decide to go with a different name okay i'd be okay with that but to me there's other things that are more priority than that right now if they want to go with a new name cool or i mean because the commander's name is still pretty very new who knows if the team you know let's say they figure out the stadium deal they figure out the quarterback they figure out the front office and coaching staff and the team starts winning and starts getting back to what they were in the glory days I guarantee you, winning, winning, they always say, like, you know, winning is, like, the best cure. That's, like, the best deodorant, so to speak. I think if the team starts winning and starts being respectable again, they're not going to pay, to me personally, they're not going to pay attention to what the name is. They'll get behind commanders if they decide to change it. But I think they will get behind it. If the team just starts to win and just to be respectable, don't be a like national laughing stock across the whole league i think that will change a lot of things so like i say it could definitely be on the table but to me the name is not prior especially since they just changed it not that long ago i don't know if they would let you change it that fast so that would be something that would be on the lower part of the list for me anyway some other people may think that's definitely priority but hey we shall see but like i say the bit the biggest win is getting dan snyder that that more so than anything else name that is the biggest thing because i never thought in my lifetime i would see that or like i said i thought i would be you know you know old and gray <laughs> if that would actually happen i would have never thought in my lifetime that i would see dan snyder not owning this team the team that he basically ran into the ground basically it's awful yeah it's crazy. Now, I, I, I always, I, I don't know if I've shared this story on here or not before. I, I try, I would try not to always, despite, you know, everything that's going on with him on and off the field with the team and everything. He did one time, like I said, when um, my aunt had, um, this was, I was before she got the season tickets. He had bought tickets to a game and there was some issue with the seats and 
we went to our seats, there was some issue with, I guess it was the view from where we were sitting at. Anyway, there was issues. I think the people were rude and everything. She wrote a letter to Dan Snyder and told her what happened. He sent us four tickets to, I believe it was a, a preseason game. He sent us two. This was like 90, no, it was 2000, the year that they had like Deion Sanders and Drew Smith and all them people there. He sent us four tickets though, right on the 50-yard line, really good seats for that game. And I always, like, despite, you know, the different stuff you heard about him, I did give him credit. That way, one, in all the, the 24 years, the one, one thing that he may have did right, I always gave him credit for that. Because he, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to send tickets like that. He could have said, man, screw y'all. Forget y'all. He was nice with that. So I definitely give him credit for that much. But all the other stuff that he did, like the firing of the coaches, firing um, Marty Schottenheimer after one season, and um, running this team like a kid in the candy store, throwing all this money at these guys that passed their prime and everything like that. It just, it, for a guy that said, you know, he grew up being a fan of this team, you would have never thought he was absolutely a fan of this team, the way he was running things. He, he, he ran the team into the ground. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. The overrated and the overpaid agents, Albert Haynes, were. Oh my God. A hundred million dollars for that guy. A hundred million dollars for what? That guy did nothing. He came up out, came in out of shape, didn't want to work, was lazy. Like, come on. Like, really? The coaches, how he just. Spurrier, Steve Spurrier. (laughs) Those coaches. uh, Jim Zorn. The, yeah, oh gosh! I think that was even worse, worse than Spurrier. Spurrier was bad. That Jim Zorn came. I was like, Lord have mercy! What are they thinking? He knows they're bad. Hires them anyway, and then he's going to fire them. Wastes everyone's time. The quarterbacks, like the long list of quarterbacks: the Jason Campbell, the Patrick Ramsey's, the RG three situation. The um. Got the McNabb, the Alex. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. Of like I say, no stability at the quarterback position whatsoever. That's why when Ron Rivera, they were asked him. It was, it was the last season, the season before. They were asking him like, what was the difference between you know his team and the other teams in the division? And he said quarterback, and they ripped him a new one. Like, what do you mean? You look at the teams in the NFC East. You had Daniel Jones. He had been there with the Giants for a little while. Jalen Hurts had been there for a couple of seasons. Dak Prescott had been there for a while. What stability did he have at the quarterback position since he since he been with the team? With Dwayne Haskins, God rest his soul. Alex Smith, Kyle Allen, um, um, Fitz Magic, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Taylor Heineke, um, Carson Wentz. All these different quarterbacks in there. And it goes even, like I said, even before that. You know, the Gus Ross, the Patrick Mahomes, the Tony Banks, the all these different quarterbacks. We haven't had any stability at that court. The last time we had stability at that quarter position, quarterback position was when we had your guy, Kirk Cousins. The Skyboard, people may have thought about him. He he was he played all the he didn't miss any games, and you knew who the quarterback would be. Was he perfect? No. But he definitely was, he had stability at, he brought us stability at that position. It wasn't his fault that the defense was bad. It wasn't his fault that the um, coaching staff was, you know, irrelevant. It wasn't his fault they didn't have a running game. He brought stability to that position. And they should have signed him before his price tag went up. And if you wanted to find somebody else, like draft somebody else, okay, cool. But at least you could have had, okay, we got a guy in Kirk Cousins, 
that we can, you know, work with. And if we want to eventually find somebody else, do it. But no, they, 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 they blew that one too. That's why I said Baltimore is so smart for, yes. you know, re-signing Lamar Jackson. Because if the commanders, they were the Redskins at the time, but if they had reciprocated the consistency that Kirk Cousins gave them, mm-hmm. they would have had better results. You know, you playing and you're not, you playing and you're not. No, we're going to put this franchise sprint franchise tag on you how uh, we're going to do it another year yeah we're going to do it a third year like really and then he left and it's like what did you think was going to happen mm-hmm. yeah it's just it's just it's just crazy it's crazy it's crazy it's crazy and like i said people had their feelings about kirk cousins it, look that was the last time we had stability at the quarterback position since since since, since kirk cousins left i mean we had like I said, Carson Wentz, Ryan Fitzpatrick, we had Alex Smith, we had Colt McCoy, we had all these different guys that was in there playing quarterback. And of course, of course, going back to the RG three situation. Now that that it looked great there for a while. I mean, he was electrifying, he was exciting, got us to the playoff game, the game in Seattle. They were up fourteen nothing. But when he hurt that knee. I continue to say, if he had taken the time to properly heal that knee, I think it would have been a totally different story. But he let his ego get the best of him. It was a, it it wasn't all on him, but he definitely deserves. It was blamed with him. There was blamed with Shannon. It was blamed with Snyder. That situation could have been handled a lot better than what it was because he could have been that guy. He definitely could have, but he just. Yeah, it was all in for week one, and had the whole video documentary that he was, you know, off-season workout and all this different stuff. And it was just, it was just a, it was just a mess, and it was just so unfortunate that that could have been our guy, but it didn't work out. But hopefully you know, now, with oh, go ahead, go ahead. You know who was headed down that path, that same path as RG three? Who? Russell Wilson. Mm. Having his own office and this and that, mm. you know, yes, like, yes, it's, it's like G three. But I think that Sean Payton, from what I've read and you know, and things like that, he's coming in and shutting all that down. He's get that in the bud. He said, "We we we not doing this." Uh uh-uh. uh And that's and that's one of the things I think they needed to do with RG three. That you say, "Hey, you know," we, and I thought Shanahan would be one of those guys that would have did that. But I guess you know because he was cool with Snyder. He was Snyder's guy. I guess Snyder said, "Hey, you know, this guy can do whatever he wants because he's RG three. And it's just and it's just so unfortunate to see to see guy with so much talent, so much potential. But those those, those that, that that 2012 season was very exciting. The game against the Saints, that um, Thanksgiving game in Dallas. He put on a show that season. I mean, if you look back at some of the highlights from that season, he put on a show. But just, I'm like, if he hadn't hurt that knee, and if he had taken the time to heal, I think it would have been a totally different story with him. Because he was, he was, he was, he was doing some things that season, definitely. But it's just the ego got the best of him. I think that the Shanahan's, like Mike and Kyle, they wanted to, you know, um, arguably to put it nicely, but yes. like they knew that the 
the you know he pretty much had Dan Snyder wrapped around his finger. He did, and you know they just knew like we're fighting a losing battle. Yeah, because I don't think they wanted to trade up to get him. The, the draft picks, everything they had to trade up to move. To, I forgot what they were picking that season, but they moved up in the draft to, to the number two spot to get him. I like from what I heard, the Shanahan they they like cousins. They wanted to stay where they were at, and they wanted to draft. Draft cousins, but I think Snyder was just all, all in for RG three. I think he just kind of stepped in, and I guess they just kind of threw their hands up. They said, "What? What can we? What can we do?" And also, too, he didn't he didn't learn how to properly slide. He was out there running. You can run and scramble in the NFL, but you gotta be able to get your yards, get down and slide, get your yards run out of bounds. That's one of the things he didn't learn. How to do? They said they even wanted people from the Nationals to kind of teach him how to slide. He just didn't. That did he not actually take to the training, or did he just say like I'm not learning this? Because they said there was a story out there saying that he um, went to the Shanahan's and said you no, know, he wanted to be Peyton Manning. He didn't want to you know run this read option offense because they they basically took the whole Baylor like offense that he was running and they brought it to the commanders, because that, that wasn't a normal Shanahan type of offense that they were running. They basically carried the whole offense around RG three, and he was like, "You know, I'm not, I'm not running this no more." And Shanahan was like, "Like, what, what are you, what are you talking about?" But like I said, it was a losing. It was, it was, it was just a bad situation. The RG three situation. Awful. Just awful. Just, 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 just so unfortunate. Because the potential was there. He, he, he could have been that guy. I still got my jersey in my. I still have two jerseys. I got the Baylor jersey and I got this um. Redskins jersey. I still got it in my closet because that, that that season was special, but it's just unfortunate the way things things ended there. But it's definitely exciting times for our team, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing once they finish this deal. Hopefully, they get it done soon. I get it's a lot of paperwork and the money being transferred and the owners and everything. They're trying to get everything you know correct, but hopefully, they get this done soon because I'll be just ready for this just to be. So hopefully, hopefully this time next next year, a year from now, ownership will be in place. They figured things out, and we can start kind of seeing the vision of what they want to ultimately do with this team. We want to be dealing with this all. Oh, you know, is it going to get new ownership? Is this deal going to be done? What's going on? Who's going to be the coach? Who's going to be this? Hopefully, by this time next year, all of that will be figured out. They can go in the off season, do what they got to do. You know, Draft and free agency, and it can just start start the process of getting this team to what it. Like I say, it's not going to happen overnight. It's definitely going to take some time, but hopefully, 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 they can get this team back to what it was, or as close to what it was as possible. And I will let out a huge sigh of relief because I have been holding my breath since November. We all have. We all have as fans. Like, we all have. Like, is it really going to happen? Yeah. Like, oh, not sure. Not we had sure. doubts because no one's Snyder and everything. It's like, is he really going to sell? Because there was also, too, there was talk there, too, that he was just going to sell a minority stake of the team. He's like, he was going to look for some new minority owners. And he wasn't going to sell the whole whole team. There was that out there. There was a lot of back and forth. Of who's gonna buy the team? Who wasn't gonna buy the team? Is he really gonna sell? Is he not gonna sell? This, 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 this has been just an ongoing 
emotional roller coaster with this whole thing. You're like, what to believe, what not to believe, what's going on. And like I said, once they finally get that paperwork finally signed, we can just breathe a sigh of relief. Like, finally, he's gone. He can go off to England or wherever he stays with his yacht. Just go on, move on, leave us alone. Because we've seen with Josh Johnson, like he said, he's with the spin with the six, he's with the Sixers, with the um, New Jersey Devils, and we've seen what those teams done. I mean, the Sixers they were just in the they got eliminated in the playoffs, but they've been, you know, a consistent playoff team. I haven't followed the Devils hockey team that well, but I've heard, I've heard good things. I heard um, Commissioner Adam Silver and um, Bateman, Gary Bateman, the um, NHL commissioner, speak highly of Josh Harris as well. So we've been hearing different things on the different. Sports shows. We've been hearing good things about this guy, and hey, he he can't he can't he, regardless of what happens, he he can't be any worse. I can only imagine anybody being any worse. It's not. I mean, it. I, I can't imagine him coming in and being any worse. And then also to having Magic Johnson, who's done very good with businesses and done good with the Dodgers, or he's, he's with the Lakers. You know, they get staking them for a little while. He's done. You know, a soccer team. He's done. A, He's been very good in the front office and the business and stuff as well. So you got a you got a good you got some good people in there that can definitely help get this thing going again. And he's done business in the area before, oh, like because yeah. he had the movie theaters. Yes, here the movie the Magic Johnson theaters. Yes, he knows Captain business. Boulevard over by FedEx Field. So I mean, he's familiar with the area. He knows how to do business in that particular area. So you know, any all bidders were a major upgrade or are great from Absolutely. Even I am a major upgrade. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. Yes. Any, any, anybody. Any, I'm telling you, just, just like I said, just be a competent owner. Just, just, you know, just go there, just be respectable and just act like a decent, a decent human being. I, I, I don't think that's that's too much to ask. So, like I say, anybody would have been an upgrade. I'm, I'm sure there'll probably be people still complaining, you know, because people just like to complain nowadays, regardless of what's going on. But he, this Josh has, they, 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 they can't, they, there's no way that they could be any worse. There's no way. And I, and I hope also two people are, are patient. They're not expecting, like, right away, you know, next season, you know, you know, once they get in, they're going to have a Super Bowl just like that. It's, this, this is... Like I say it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's this. It's gonna take time. But I'm here to be patient and just see what happens. And hopefully, like I said, hopefully, like I said, the nightmare is finally, finally, finally over with this whole situation. Finally. Yes. Um. Anything else you want to add before we get up there? Anything else about the sale or anything else before we wrap up here? Well, that's it. All right, um, that's all for me. I want to thank you, Amber, for joining me here this evening. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, as far as I'm concerned, you can follow me on Twitter at MoneymakerChris, uh, Instagram, uh, DC Sports Fan 23, as well as at the MoneyMaker. 315 uh follow this show's twitter account at three and out podcast one and this episode as well as the episode i did last week with jd where we talked about the schedule release and everything 
will be out later this week. Also, the Grand Slam podcast. Me and Jay did an episode earlier um, earlier this evening where we talked about the um, history of the Atlanta Braves and some other cool baseball topics as we normally do every two weeks during the baseball season. So that will be out later this week as well. Also, check out you know TV Zone podcast and network all the great shows that Jay does for the network he's currently um doing jackie chan month so he's been talking about some jackie chan movies so definitely check that out as well wherever you get your podcast tv zone podcasting network as always we always end in last words um any last words to close out this episode amber here's to a productive summer with OTAs, transitioning ownership, and just preparing for the season ahead. And, of course, rest and relaxation. Definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Those are all good things. Like I say, here's to the new ownership group. And... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. As a Commanders fan, I'm very, very excited to see what the future holds for our beloved football team, the Commanders. Um, you guys take care. Be safe as always. And I don't know when I'll see you next time, but probably closer to, like, training camp and stuff. Maybe do I might do another episode or something or something closer to closer to when the season starts but um you guys take care be safe as always thank you amber for joining me again and i'll see you next time peace thanks again for having me always a pleasure you take care